0: This is Make It Kind Make It M.I.P. With Massimilla Matfumo. Mark Thompson Make It Kind Get Woke Once again, it's Thursday time for another edition of your favorite segment and mine with Favorite, favorite. Yeah. That's very kind. Well, you know, but I think over the years, this has been even we were on satellite radio. This has been uh, the most listened to and downloaded. Segment, you, you're great, man. Everybody loves you. It's not because of me. No, thanks. <laughs> I do the show every day, and and it's when you come on, I get the most hits and the most downloads. So, uh, I, and I, I, you've been a, you know, you've been a part of this. Of course, as always, he is the founder of Civics with the Q, the host of the ever popular podcast The Brief, and also the founder of the large, largest online prog- progressive community news. You can do something about. Marcos Malitzis joins us once again from Daily Coast, fresh from an appearance on Meet the Press Sunday. Congratulations on that!
1: Thank you, thank you. I'm still uh, <laughs> still recovering from all the the travel and the lack of sleep, that, uh, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's always an interesting experience.
0: So w- was was you talked a lot about no labels? Was that kind of the the, the primary? subject of this appearance to talk about no labels and you and i've talked about no labels before and how it's going nowhere
1: yeah there there was there was two major topics one obviously was a republican debate right this is people still talking about that first debate and uh and they had uh they had uh the vague ramaswamy on the top of the uh of the show um and kind of amazing how effortlessly he lies I mean he was claiming, you know, Chuck Todd had his book and he's saying, In your book you call Donald Trump a sore loser. And he's saying, No, I didn't. And he's like Chuck Todd's like l- l- reading the segments from the book. He's like, No, I didn't say that. I mean, it's crazy how politics has evolved to this place where admitting any any sort of hint of being wrong is is actually now that's the the flub. And it sort of makes me even think of what would what would things have been like at, had uh, when the press told Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, the email, she would have been like something wrong. And there wasn't, you know, and, and she was advised to apologize 50 times. Like, you know, had that ethos been in place and she would have been like, nothing wrong with it. I mean, we found out that Trump's people were, were um, they were they were using their own private email servers and nobody cared. Right. Because nobody cares. That's a thing. Republicans made a thing out of something that nobody cared about, just like they're trying to do with Hunter Biden now, but with a lot less, a lot less success. And um, so, yeah, we talked about Vivek, and um, and then we talked about no labels. So, yeah, those were the two big topics of the of the show.
0: Vivek, I I did see some of the coverage of Vivek on Meet the Press and over the weekend. It's not as if the Chuck Todd's of the world don't know he's out of control and dishonest and whatever flash of the pan he is. Why even give him a forum like that? I mean, he's not real. He's not going anywhere. He's not going to win anything. Is, is it just ratings? I mean, he's, because he's the, the car wreck, the disaster that causes you, causes you to rubberneck, I don't even understand why he's getting so much attention.
1: I mean, for the same reason we're talking about him right now, mark i mean i i don't think it he was the story of the debate and i i don't think it's it's unfair just i mean had everybody ignore i mean nobody's talking about asa hutchinson <laughs> so he's not getting invited anywhere so yeah i mean if you're like if you're the guy who all you know, you're nobody like the like, is a nobody politically he shows up and you have the former vice president attacking him. You have Nikki Haley, the former UN ambassador, former governor attacking him. You have Chris Christie, former New Jersey governor attacking. You have people who were somebodies politically attacking this nobody. Of course he's gonna get attention. I don't think that that's unfair. Now, had the coverage been fawning, that's that's a different story. But Chuck Todd was was it was it was a very contentious interview and, and Chuck Todd was reading passages from from Vivek's book saying you called Donald Trump a sore loser. And Vivek just flat out lied. No, I didn't. And Chuck was reading this but you said he's like, no, I said that about Joe Biden. <laughs> no, this wasn't about Joe Biden. You said this about Donald Trump. No, I didn't. So it's actually kind of amazing how um, effortlessly he lies. Downright Trumpian, I would I would say, in his ability to to just simply ignore reality, even when it is put being pointed out to him with receipts being carried. it it's a, it's a phenomenon.
0: It it truly is. But see, I remember, even before the debate, remember Vivek, who was even more of a nobody, was brought in to do the interview with Don Lemon. Um, the fatal interview with Don Lemon. And he really was nobody then and so he he does and that interview i mean don obviously got frustrated with him he pushed his don's buttons and that was used to ultimately fire don lemon um and it looked uh-huh. it, it looked really conspiratorial like like this was a setup don was clear he didn't want to get involved in it kept baiting him kept baiting him um so yeah this guy i i just don't i mean how how much you would think after this weekend, I mean, you had the debate. He got the buzz from that. But I just don't see why anybody. And I think even there's been criticism of some of the Republicans for giving him too much attention. I um, think you and I alluded to, I mean, Pence probably spent too much energy. I mean, you were vice president. Why are you getting caught up in Vivek? He's obviously a Trump mini me, too, because he's just like him. Just was literally like as you said, lie. Just make something up. Even though it's in his book. So he's following uh the script. So hopefully we can get we can get beyond that. Chuck
1: Todd asked me why why did did everybody turn their guns on Vivek? And his theory, which is not actually a bad theory, is that Vivek ended up being sort of a a stand in for Trump. And so they took out all their frustrations that they have against Trump on Vivek, right? It's actually not a bad theory. Um my response was that I don't think they planned on it. There was there was a leaked uh, Ron DeSantis the prep me- uh, memo that actually recommended that Ron DeSantis attack the fake, and it's ironic that he was the only one who didn't <laughs> attack the fake. And uh, but uh, so my response was it's he just he kept nipping at their at their ankles like this little chihuahua. It was just like. Yippity, 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 and they just could not help themselves because it, they just, he it, it was so, he got into their nerves. And uh, one of the, one of the they had, you know, MSNBC, their uh, the show, when they posted the clip, they headlined it with this, this quote of mine where I, where I said, um, he imagined Vivek who admitted, like he's openly admit they never thought about foreign policy until six months ago, that he didn't care about it, he never thought about it until six months ago. And he sat there on stage mansplaining foreign policy to Nikki Haley, who was the UN ambassador, uh, American ambassador to the United Nations. So um, the gal of that. And I just think people are like, who the hell is this guy? Um, and so, yeah, they, they just could not help themselves. I mean, I assume for the next debate, they're going to be a lot better prepared to, to, to handle him. Uh, and actually if you go to the debate, the one who handled them well was actually Chris Christie, and after Chris Christie shut him down, said he was ChatGPT, uh, the Vivek didn't say anything for like 15 minutes until he was called on again. Like, he was shut down, and um, yeah, I mean, almost you gotta laugh at him, because that's the only way to, to deal with him. You can't take him seriously.
0: Right, no, I thought Chris Christie's line on Chat GPT was excellent. Uh, when's the next debate? Do we know yet?
1: It's like September twenty something. Okay, so it's about three weeks
0: now, and then also obviously you got into the conversation about no labels. So when we've talked before, and you said it on the show. You considered a unicorn. What what are they saying? What did they say Sunday
1: about this about
0: this ticket? I, I, is, is, as I know, Chuck asked them whether they were actually gonna. Put forward a ticket, but you get mixed messages from them. On so
1: that. He, yeah, the the, w- the message that they want to deliver is it's what it's what Pat McCrory, who was a former governor of North Carolina, he's one of their um, uh, co-chairs. He's also the guy that signed the bathroom bill, anti-trans bathroom bill. He's a huge transphobe. He's anti-choice. Like you know, this is no labels. This is what they are. They're not. They're not a centrist group, right? They're a group of extremists. He he, seen, he sees himself. As a non extremist, because Donald Trump endorsed his opponent when he ran for Senate last cycle. That doesn't make him less of an extremist. It just means that the other guy, who, that Bud, Ted Bud, who's now senator, just kissed Donald Trump's butt better than he did, right? That's why he got the endorsement. So, um, his, the, the, what they want to say is nobody likes Donald Trump. Nobody likes Joe Biden. Everybody wants another choice. That's their core message. And when I mentioned that in civics polling and uh, in civics is even the most optimistic, 82% of Democrats support Joe Biden. They all laughed. They thought that was ludicrous because it's this beltway thing. Nobody likes Joe Biden. Um, and it's like, you know, we just sat and we actually talked a little bit about Donald Trump. But we're like, he just sat and said there's no room for a Donald Trump um, primary challenge. And he's got seventy-some percent approval rating amongst Republicans. Biden has higher approval ratings. And now you're going to pretend that nobody likes him. Like pick a lane, like pick it, pick an option. People like Joe Biden, whether people in DC, whether the panelists from the American enterprise Institute, which is a, which is a conservative think tank. Yeah. Her friends don't like Joe Biden, you know, color me shocked. Uh, Stephanie Murphy, who was the most conservative Democrat, you know, lives in a conservative part of Florida. Nobody there likes Joe Biden. Big shocker. It's Florida. Like Joe Biden's not going to win Florida that does not mean that Democrats do not like Joe Biden, right? And this is sort of bias. And I was throwing out the data, and they were just coming back, well, I don't know anybody who likes Joe Biden. But the message then is, since nobody likes Joe Biden, and nobody likes Donald Trump, no labels is going to provide somebody who um, get will give people a choice. And this is where, like, this is, like, I think where I really did well on the show. And it's hard for me to say, like, I did well on the show. <laughs> so for me to say that... <laughs> It's a well, right? It, it means something is I shifted that frame. Right? I mean I I, I said like the premise is wrong that nobody likes to bind, but whatever. That that's who cares. The problem they have is that the you know they have some poll that says sixty five percent of people wish they had another choice, right? And it I wish Elizabeth Warren was president. (laughs) Does that that mean that I don't support Joe Biden? Of course not, right? Of course I support Joe Biden. Wishing there was a magical, and I call it the magical unicorn creature. Like, their problem, no labels to this problem, is that they're selling the notion that there is a magical unicorn creature that can fulfill that 65%. But the problem is that that 65% means that some people want Elizabeth Warren, some people you know, some people want Mitt Romney, some people want, I don't know, maybe somebody wants Joe Manchin, who knows? So there is no one person because this is all across the ideological spectrum and no, nobody's ever going to sort of fill that void. So I started challenging, like, who's this person going to be? And what was really great is that Chuck Todd said, yeah, Pat, who is this unicorn uh, that you're going to be? In? And they don't want to throw names out because the Second, they throw me out, like the whole premise falls apart. And the um, Monmouth University did a poll. This was actually a great poll. They polled, first they did just Trump versus Biden, right? And Biden was winning 47-40. Then they said a generic third-party candidate. And then that generic third-party candidate suddenly gets 30%, I believe. It was something crazy. It was like 30%. And so it's like 32 Biden, 32 percent, 32 Biden, 30 percent Trump and like 30 percent third party. Or even Trump might have been below third party. I think Trump was like at 27 Now And I'm
0: looking at it. This is the Monmouth poll. Okay. 37 yeah. Biden, 30 percent generic candidate. Trump 28.
1: Yeah. So um, when you can create a candidate that people put their own like wishes and dreams into, right? Like, Oh, that third party candidate's Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I support that. But it's not gonna be Bernie Sanders. And then they asked they throw out a name that that no labels had floated, which was a Joe Lieberman, uh which was a Joe Lieberman, John Huntsman ticket.
0: Uh, Joe Manchin. And Joe Manchin, John Huntsman.
1: Joe Manchin. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Joe Manchin. John
0: they they Huntsman. they crazy, but they ain't crazy enough to put Joe Lieberman at the top of Ticket. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I know that they ain't that and, crazy. <laughs>
1: And suddenly, it's like support went from what thirty percent to 16%, yeah, sixteen percent. Yeah, sixteen. Yeah,
0: they come in third with mansion.
1: Yeah, and and that's without people even knowing who they are, right? And uh, and third party tickets always pull about double what they actually get in real life. Always, always. So that's not a vi- right there that like it falls apart, and they cannot come up with an name. So so um, so Chuck, I like. No, like, give us some names, and and Pat McCrory could not give him names. He's like, well, we're gonna. Lots of people want to do it. He kept saying, lots of people want to do it. And I was like, no, they don't. Come <laughs> on, no, they don't. Like, give us a name already. Who are they? Who are they? And the thing is, that's I think what's the critical importance. If we shift, if that D.C. Beltway think machine, right, because they all, it's like this group think, right. If they get away from, yeah, nobody likes Joe Biden and and, and Donald Trump, and they want somebody else to like. Who is this? Somebody else. There's nothing there. Like it literally falls apart at that point. So I thought I was. I was. I was happy to see um, Chuck Todd adopt that quote unicorn language because it, it's a magical creature it does not exist.
0: Well, let me ask this, though, because it seems to me that the potential people they're teasing about are people who seemingly would attract more of the Republican base and right leaning independents. Right. I mean, they're not. Bernie Sanders isn't an option for them. See, if it's Bernie Sanders, then that cuts into our side. But but Manchin do we know what, what Mansions has anybody ever looked at Mansions national approval?
1: No, I haven't seen it, but it's, 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 he is clearly more popular in the polling that we've seen locally. He's more popular with Republicans than he is with Democrats. And, and that, that works for us. I mean, that's good that's thing, what I'm saying, yeah, you know, yeah. For holding that Senate seat. But um, it doesn't parlay into anything national. There's one more point in that poll, though, which is really freaking interesting. If you keep reading down further, they asked about the spoiler effect. And they said, if the, this no labels ticket um, would hurt Donald Trump, how do you vote? And, uh, and uh, people still vote for that Joe Manchin ticket, right? Because they don't care if it hurts Donald Trump. But they ask if it hurts Joe Biden, and those numbers plummet even further. And then Biden has his biggest lead. It's a 10-point lead. If the argument is that that third party ticket hurts Joe Biden, because people do not want Donald Trump, they don't care about yeah. Joe Biden, right. they do not right. want Donald Trump. This is where, like again, a... so I even told Pat McCrory after the show, I'm like, you know, I I know, like our our our, you know, like move on and third way. They're arguing that that he could cost Biden the election and give it to 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 um to Donald Trump. I actually look at the data and given. Their messaging, given their platform, given where you know the names are cropping up, like you just said, I actually think it hurts it hurts Donald Trump more than it hurts uh, Joe Biden. So I'm not worried about them in a sense of hurting Biden. I just think they're freaking stupid, and I think it's a grift, and I think they're 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 stealing money from people. But it's mostly billionaire conservatives thinking that they're doing you know Trump a favor. So maybe that's not a that's not a bad thing. Um, But one thing we've seen already, we saw it with RFK Jr., is that he had he had a little bit of support, not a lot, mostly name recognition. But as soon as people found out that he was being funded by Republican donors and he was being pushed by Steve Bannon, his support in that polling fell off a cliff like that is an incredibly potent argument. It lands. It's not hard to sell when you have the facts uh, with our voters, with Democratic voters. And so um, I'm confident about that. I'm actually, you know what I'm worried a little bit more about, Mark? Cornell West. Really? And not, be- not because he's going to get more than 3% of the vote nationally, because he's not. Um, but because all he needs to do is take 10,000 votes in Milwaukee, you know, 15,000 votes in Detroit, 20,000 votes in Philadelphia, and that could cost us. Just a sliver. But if a state is 50-50... A sliver may be all it takes to give it to Trump. Mm. That's the bigger danger.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I have a little bit of faith in the people whose votes he would attract. And I think people realize now the consequences of 2016, those who played around with uh, Jill Stein. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I think a week ago, The Hollywood actress Yvette Nicole Brown started a whole Twitter accountability thread with Professor Eddie Glaude, And Eddie got dragged on Twitter, even though he's apologized for supporting Jill Stein. See, remember, all during 2016, there were several things going on on Morning Joe. Trump was allowed to call in from his phone all the time. Mm -hmm. mika kept saying butter emails butter emails butter emails butter emails Mm -hmm. and eddie was three of them it was a trio and eddie was on there saying joe stein joe stein joe stein and i would dare say that if we look at the 100 approximately hundred thousand votes spread across three states that cost hillary electoral college i'm willing to bet you can get a hundred thousand of those votes out of morning joe viewership who voted for Jill. So I'm going to be clear, those hundred thousand people voted for Jill Stein. So you right. got because otherwise Jill Stein's not getting any coverage other than the coverage. I gave a little bit to her and her running mate before we got. We don't see the European press. We got the press late that the Greens all over the world had unified against Jill Stein because they had seen the Putin picture before we had. Uh, I never saw. Right, it. Okay. Remember, we didn't see the Putin picture. I don't think, Marcos, until. Octoberish. Whoa, where did this picture come? I mean, nobody saw that picture was seen six months earlier in Europe. I don't know why, you know, here it was revealed, or we saw it, or somebody stumbled across it so late. Folks, we need to read European, need we need to broaden our perspective on journalism, see what's happening in the world. Um, so I hear you, but I think, see, Cornell's not going to get that. Joe and Meek have apologized. eddie glad has apologized profusely you know i mean he literally got i feel sorry for the brother. he got lit up last week uh just for doing <laughs> i mean literally torn asunder um and and uh um and i've been fortunate i mean i'm revealing it now i mean nobody jumped on me i had a vice presidential candidate on uh is it was it a jamu barack i think i'm saying his name right Had him on my show for 30 minutes and it was okay. I mean, he's done a lot of other stuff, but so it was no big deal. But nobody said Mark was a part of it because nobody knew who he was. Um, But I don't see Cornell getting that type of airtime. Um, And so I think, I mean, he's
1: he's not. It's just a question. And you know, Faiz, Faiz, um, oh my God, I can't remember his last name. Faiz um, was. Bernie Sanders campaign manager right, last, right. last cycle. And uh, Cornell West was one of the campaign co-chairs of the, of the Bernie Sanders campaign. And Faiz was on Meet the Press the week before I was, so not this past weekend, but the weekend before. And he told Chuck Todd very cryptically, he said, I, I, I hope he realizes that there are people trying to take advantage of him. He was basically saying it's, it's conservatives spending money to boost them in order to, to undermine... Are to boost Donald Trump. And and so he didn't want to come out and say, yeah, he's being used by, by right-wing interests. But he, he, <laughs> so I think he phrased it as, I hope he realizes that people want to use him. Um, he was being diplomatic, but yeah, it was clear what he was saying.
0: Corn- I know Cornell. He's a friend. We haven't talked about this. But I also think that Cornell and knowing him over the years, he does a lot of things for amusement, including self-amusement. I don't mean for that sound bad. I mean, no, I. I
1: respect that more.
0: Yeah, and and the way the way he even presents himself, it's 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 amusing about it. And so, I because other and I have to kind of just deal with it that way. Because if I buy into Cornell, might really hurt us and cause Trump to get reelected, then I will lose my mind. So I just have to know that you know. And and I I just don't. I'd be I'd be hard pressed to think that Cornell, if it really comes down to that, he really wants to help. Trump, even though he calls him brother right. Trump sometimes, but he calls everybody brother, brother Trump. Okay. Uh, so it is something to to look out for, uh, and 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 be concerned about. But so now, but but back to no labels. You think is grift, but but uh, yeah, what else could it be? What uh, maybe they like to amuse themselves too, and then let's so, there's the intersection of Harlan Crow. Now, yeah, Clarence Thomas is disclosing today some of his financial stuff. But, but what's Harlan Crow? He, he's courting Clarence Thomas, giving money to no labels. Are these guys are, are they bored? What what a.
1: It's it's I mean Clarence Thomas is easy, right? He's buying himself a Supreme Court, and he did so very effectively. So that part's that part's not no labels. It's a stalking horse. Yeah, it's 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 they're they're convincing. It's a it's a grift to convince conservative donors that they can boost Donald Trump by by. Undermining support for for Joe Biden. That that's I think that's their pitch. You know, it's funny because uh, at the start of the segment on the no label segment, Chuck Todd asked him flat out about Harlan Crow, Pat McCrory, and Pat McCrory deflected, saying um, he got into a spiel like talking point, so he ignored the question about Harlan Crow funding them. But at the very end, when they were, he was asked about candidates, he said, we're going to be very transparent in the process for choosing a candidate. I said, oh, transparency, great. So you're going to reveal your donors. And he like he was stammering. And he got, he got bailed out because it was the end of the show because he had no no answer. It, like the talking point about transparency suddenly like, ran heads like it was a brick wall into the, no, we can't talk about who our donors were. And I've seen elsewhere where their arguments like, well, they're gonna they're gonna get criticized. That that's why we don't want to reveal their names. And, um, you know, Donald Trump supporter, like small dollar donors, everybody knows who they are. Joe Biden's, it's all public information, right? It's all it's all in public. So this idea that 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 they're gonna be criticized is absolutely ludicrous. And uh, so I do think it's a I do think it's a grift. I think they're convincing conservative donors that that there is a path to um, undermine Joe Biden, and they can try to build a narrative. Again, I I, I don't think they're going to get a lot more attention because, especially now, if if really we're shifting DC's Beltway thinking into until they give us a name, who cares? Because the 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 Mark back in when when Barack Obama was running for re-election, Democrats said they didn't want him to run for re-election, like. Nobody likes politicians. It's like, that is a truism. So if you're looking at a poll that says people don't like the politician, great. (laughs) You know, of course, they do not like the politician. They do not like the parties either, believe it or not. Big shocker. Uh, The question is, is there an option, an alternative for those voters? And then there's a bigger, like, will they turn out to? That one matters. They will turn out for Joe Biden. Nobody needs to like Joe Biden for, for Democrats to turn out for Joe Biden. We're seeing that in in special turnout election. It's funny because I mentioned that off camera. I said, you guys are acting like Democrats are in trouble. Like we're overperforming special elections six and a half. Well, special elections are different. They literally are not. Like we showed in 2022 that correlation between engagement with Democratic voters in a special election when historically they did not turn out and the actual election results. It is amazing how ossified DC Beltway thinking is. It is absolutely shocking to me that this isn't common knowledge because it, it, it's simple data. Nobody, we're not asking them to like what do your dinner table guests, like my dinner in Berkeley, my household is 100% pro Joe Biden. Let's talk about that on Meet the Press. Like that was literally the, the, the level of thinking they were displaying. It was absolutely shocking. And I don't know why it shocks me, Mark. I mean, Daily Coast from the very inception, it's been data driven. Like we don't, we don't, I've always, cringe that people say the American people believe unless you're citing me a poll that says that the American people believe something you are full of it but um it is, it is incredible how they just convince themselves that that Joe Biden's unpopular that special elections don't matter all these sort of things that that um we know are not true because data and um so if we can get people to stop talking about Joe Biden and Donald Trump people want a third choice yeah, okay, give me a name. And once you get to that shift, give me a name, there is literally Oprah might be the closest thing you might get to a candidate that would have broader appeal. And one, she's not running. And two, she's a black woman, so <laughs> uh, she may hurt Biden, but she's not going to be a consensus third-party pick that can win the the, uh, the election. That does not exist. It's going to be either Joe Biden or it's going to be whoever the Republicans put up. And that's the only two choices.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. By the way, folks, uh, Clarence Thomas just today um, disclosed trips that were paid for by Harlan Crowe. Uh, this is his, his annual financial disclosure report. 2022, uh, Crow paid for his travel to a conservative conference in Dallas. This from NBC News. In May of 2022, Thomas spoke of the event, which was held at a facility owned by Crow's real estate company. Crow also provided a return flight from a similar event in Dallas in February, Thomas reported. Thomas Thomas also said Crow paid for a trip to the Adirondacks, or Adirondacks in New York State in July. In notes attached to the report, Thomas said he flew on a private jet in the May 2022 trip because of increased Security concerns following the leak that month of a draft opinion showing that the court was poised to overturn abortion rights, landmark Roe v. Wade. So he needed security, allegedly, from Harlan Crow, what he could provide because of the Roe leak. What did he, who was going to do anything to Clarence Thomas? Uh, pro, pro, pro-choice people don't have the reputation of pro-life people killing people. Like they have.
1: And, and you know what? If there's a real security threat, the Supreme Court has its own security, system, you know, security operation.
0: Right, of course. So, I don't understand uh, yeah. that.
2: Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably... if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.
0: Daily Coast Civics with a Q, the ever-popular podcast, The Brief. As always, Marcos Melissa, Thank you, buddy.
1: Thanks so much. Catch you next week